0: Yo, what's up everybody?
1: Happy Thursday, Big Sky Breakdown, SkylinesportsMT.com. Coulter Nuanas coming to you here uh, on the final Thursday of January. We're almost into the second half of Big Sky Conference play. This weekend we'll complete the first round of Big Sky Conference games. A little weird the way the schedule's worked out. For example, Montana has played Eastern Washington twice already in men's and women's basketball. Montana State played Idaho already in men's and women's basketball. Sac State, Portland State, and the Montana schools have not played until this weekend. But after this weekend, we'll have nine conference games across the board for everybody in the league. And then we'll be back to the second half uh, of conference play. It's been interesting to see uh, how it all plays out. And we have an interesting and fun Big C.I. Breakdown podcast for you. A bunch of interviews for you. We got some familiar subjects like Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach. Travis DeCure, Montana head men's basketball coach. We're also going to hear from John Belk, our exclusive Grizz basketball sponsor for the year. Belk sat courtside for more than 40 years, and uh, we've just been doing little five-minute conversations just about the best guys he's seen play for the University of Montana. Interesting perspective. Uh, Belk's a guy from the high line who... Has played a lot of hoops himself and been around a lot of these guys for a long time. And uh, he's just—he's a good fan. He watches the games. If you've been to the games, you know he's the, the master heckler. He sits right there courtside. Uh, but we've just sat next to each other for the last five years at Grizz Men's Basketball Games, so we've become good buddies. And uh, Velk Law uh, wanted to be involved in our uh, coverage of Grizz Hoops at uh, Skyline Sports. So, uh, fun conversation with Velk. This week, number nine on his top 12 countdown, Sean Samuelson, an all-time Grizz great. And uh, they're all great at this point as we get farther into the countdown, but that should be fun. But we also have not one, not two, but three Big Sky Breakdown debuts. We'll get this thing kicked off with David Patrick. He's the first-year head coach for the Sacramento State men's basketball team. Very uh, interesting guy. And uh, he talked a lot about just his life in college hoops. He's got so many different influences because over the last 15 years, he's been all over the place. He was at St. Mary's. Under Randy Bennett for a while. Uh, He's made stops at LSU and Arkansas and the SEC. Uh, He also was the head coach at UC Riverside for a little while as well. And uh, because Travis DeCure coaches, uh, excuse me, has great ties in California, especially the Bay Area, from his time at Cal, and because Danny Sprinkle has tremendous ties in California, almost 20 years in LA between uh, Cal State Northridge and Cal State Fullerton. Uh, David Patrick has a lot of crossover with those guys, so some familiarity, even though he's never coached as a head coach at Sac State against the Montana schools. Montana in Sacramento Thursday night, and Montana State in Sacramento on Saturday, so we'll hear from David Patrick, his debut on the Big Sky Breakdown. We also have Jace Coburn, his debut on the Big Sky Breakdown. He is the second-year head coach for the Portland State Vikings, Uh, interesting guy as well a guy who grinded really hard as far as being an assistant for a really long time, but started as a super young age. So he's a young coach, even though he's been in college hoops for a long time, and uh, he's been at Portland State now for 10 years. He He's sort of the tie that binds there at PSU. He was on Ty Giving's staff there for a while, and then was there for the duration of Barrett Peary's time there at uh, Portland State, and now he's in his second year uh, as the head coach there for the Vikings. And uh, our third debut on the Big Sky Breakdown, Portland State's women's coach Chelsea Gregg she has Montana ties she uh, played and coached at the University of Great Falls her husband also uh, has University of Great Falls ties now the University of Providence here uh, in uh, its current iteration there in the Electric City uh, in Montana but Chelsea Gregg's doing a hell of a job her team went 0-20 in Big Sky Conference play last year so many young players so many freshmen across the board but uh, she got most of those players to come back and now here they are with a 4-3 and record in Big Sky Conference play. They won two games last weekend by a single point each. Esmeralda Morales hit a, a corner th- three-pointer with two seconds to play to beat Weber State. And then they also pulled out a 48-47 win over Idaho State as well. So uh, don't look now, but Portland State and Eastern Washington, a couple really young squads on the women's side with um, second-year head coaches in Chelsea Gregg as well as Jody Gleason for Eastern Washington, they are both ahead of in the standings, Montana, Idaho, and Idaho state. So that's been the uh, unpredictable part uh, of the women's league. So uh, pretty interesting. We will have a lot of coverage of the women's side of things tonight because Sacramento state who's in first place in women's basketball is in Missoula tonight. So I'll be uh, checking out the first place Hornets uh, tonight in Missoula, but, uh, We'll hear from all sorts of different uh, subjects here on the Big Sky Breakdown from both the men's and women's leagues. We'll get things kicked off with David Patrick, the head coach of the Sacramento State men's basketball team. Big Sky Breakdown, thanks to all of our great sponsors. John Velk, Velk Law, for bringing us uh, Grizz basketball this winter, uh, as well as Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more. J&V Restaurant Supply, uh, your home for everything kitchen. And uh, also got to give a shout out to the Hot House Yoga, downtown Missoula. A great place to unwind, but also a great place to just work out. I mean, the really challenging but awesome classes. And also got to say thanks to Allie and everybody over at the Hype House. They uh, added these new strength classes. I can barely ho- hold my hand recorder up to my uh, up to my voice right now, but uh, excellent workouts over there on the at the Hype House as well on Tool Avenue. They got spin classes and strength classes. So. Uh, Go check them out. And thanks to both those great sponsors for helping bring you the Big Sky Breakdown. Here's David Patrick. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Coulter Nuanez coming to you here midweek on a Wednesday. We're joined now by first-year Sacramento State head coach David Patrick, his debut here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Coach, thanks so much for being here, man. How are you doing? Oh,
2: fantastic, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
1: Well, first and foremost, let's just talk about you and sort of arriving at Sac State. It's an interesting deal because uh, a couple years ago, Ryan Katz retires after a long tenure there at Sacramento State, and uh, he had great success there at Sac State. But he'd been there, I think, the longest tenured coach in the league at the time that he stepped away. And uh, then just a year under an interim coach, and then you take over. So uh, just take us through kind of the challenges of what it was like taking over for a guy that had been there for so long within a bridge of just a year in between uh, under Coach Laird.
2: Look, you know, I think uh, I got tremendous respect for Coach Katz and what he did not only at Sac State but what he did at Delta College um, before before he came here and, um, you know, had had a relationship with Coach Laird as well who was his assistant for for such a long time. So um, I knew the program obviously from afar, being at St. Mary's for so long up in the Bay Area, uh, kept my pulse on Sac State um, just because it's so close by. Um, and so I knew the program that he had built here. And so uh, when Mark Orr um, called me about the possibility of working a job, um, I, I, I had definitely, was definitely open to the, the prospect of working here.
1: You mentioned your ties with St. Mary's, and there's – actually, I think more St. Mary's influence than in the Big Sky than people realize just because of you know, the Jim Hayford ties at Eastern Washington. And even now, a couple coaches later, they're still doing a lot of the same stuff at Eastern that they've done for 10-plus years. And So it seems like Randy Bennett uh, sort of secondarily has a little bit of a, a thumbprint on the Big Sky conference. I mean, do you see that at all? And, and also, what did you learn uh, during your time around Coach Bennett and, and just uh, during your time at St. Mary's?
2: look I see it some you know I, I know coach Schaefer was here for at, at Easton but I don't know if they work together or how they how, how it's but but I see some you know what I do see between uh, in terms of the big sky and even the WCC is and, and not so much St. Mary's the skill level of the bigs in this league you know the bigs and the and the wings are as good as anybody I've, I've, I've coached against um at, you know at any level um you know, which, is, which has been surprising, you know, being, being a head coach in the Big West when I was at Riverside. Um, you know, at Big West, we had really good point guards in that league, and, and, and some bigs scattered throughout the league. Um, the Irvines and the Santa Barbaras uh, were probably the upper echelon, but every team you play in this league has got a, a dominant big and a dominant wing that can really shoot the ball. So, so uh, it, it's somewhat similar to the WCC in that respect.
1: Well, I, I guess I, I didn't realize they had watched your coach uh, recently, until uh, I was looking at your bio, but I watched Arkansas in the NCAA tournament a couple times. Uh, we were out there in Indy when it was the uh, the single site tournament, which was a crazy experience. Getting to go to all those games just in one city was actually kind of <laughs> awesome. Uh, but but uh, I mean, what did you take from your time there at, at Arkansas then, uh with Coach Musselman, and, and what did you learn there?
2: Look, I think you know Mussel built his team before the portal and the transfer the transfer mm-hmm. market at Nevada. He did a tremendous job. Uh, building that program to national prominence um, at Nevada. And then obviously he did the same at Arkansas. I, I went with him in year two. So to see how, how he built he built team uh, through transfers, uh, you know, helped me tremendously, especially after getting this job and that, now the portal being being the the quote-unquote invoke thing at the moment. I, I saw how Musk was able to not only build team but build culture uh, through that and have his guys play hard no matter – if they were in the program for one year or four years they they, they took on missus dna so that's what you know i try to do here at sac state you know i have nine new guys and trying to in, in, impose my dna and my, my culture on these guys uh that have come from all different programs uh we're trying to do here and that's what we were able to do it at, at arkansas in a short amount of time
1: what do you think of that challenge because it is it's such a such an interesting fold. I mean, it's hard. It's it's sort of mind bending to try to ma- wrap your mind around it, especially when it comes to men's college hoops. Just the fact that, you know, you can still recruit all these great guys from high school, especially you know, there in California. But also, there's just this unbelievable amount of talent available to you in the portal. So, I mean, how do you go about balancing all of it?
2: It's a balance. I think it starts with balance. I don't think you can have a whole bunch of. I don't know if you can go 13 transfers every year. Um, But I think you need a balance. I think your team has to be – you can either embrace it or run from it. So I'm trying to embrace it and and try to have a good mix of of, of young guys coming through the program and then have some veteran leadership, um, you know, coming in from winning programs. And I think the key is trying to get guys uh, that come from other programs that have been around good coaching, you know, have been around winning programs. I think that's the the key ingredient, at least for me, is you just don't want to get a guy on the portal – And if they're in there for the wrong reason, you're going to get the same baggage that might have gone on wherever he was at. So you got to do your research from there. But I think you need a mix of of, of veterans uh, and young guys coming up through your program to be able to sustain winning. Um, Because the teams in college basketball that win at the moment are just old. man, they're older teams. When you look at the NCAA tournament of who's playing late in the tournament, it's usually the older teams.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, fill out your bracket by looking at the guys that have the most seniors for sure. David, David Patrick Sack State head coach, joining us uh, here on the Big Sky Breakdown. And it's, it's also interesting, too, uh, to get your perspective just on the Big Sky since you've coached you know, in, in the Big West, the WCC, the SEC, the Big 12. I mean, you've been to pretty much all the conferences, uh, especially out West. So uh, just given all your experience uh, in, in your time in college basketball, I mean, what do you think of the Big Sky? What makes it stand out? How do you think it stacks up?
2: You know, I, I will say this: like the Big Twelve for sure, and the SEC. When you know when you travel on the road, uh, you have a home court advantage when you're in those in those college towns. You know, sure. going through through the SEC and Big Twelve country. Um, you know, in the Big West, not that it's the same, but you know, a lot of those teams are in LA and Southern California, and there's a there's a there's a lot going on in SoCal. So there's not always that home court advantage. In this league, it, it's similar to the Big Twelve and SEC in terms of you know I've I've only been to to Weber and. In Idaho and Eastern Washington, but they're, 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 there's some home court advantages in, in this league and people care in, in these towns. So that's been, you know, fun for me. Uh, and just from, from a basketball coaching standpoint. And then when you talk about, uh, the coaches in this league, I think there's some young guys there's a good mix of some older guys. Um, and it's, it's a very, very well coached league and very skilled. You know, I, I'm surprised at the skill level, um, from all five positions, you know, you, you I got every time I look at a scout, like this guy can shoot, that guy can shoot, this post can score, um, so I'm, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by the, by the size and the skill level um, of this league, and, which makes it fun.
1: And your team, you guys have been in some, some close games already, I know you went to OT in Moscow, and, and uh, just lost by three to Eastern Washington, and, and you have a couple of close wins as well, and then this last weekend, again, the two point loss to Weaver. so, I mean, is that just a matter of uh, the margin of victory being so uh, small in the Big Sky Conference?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think across the board, you know, I think there's just, just me from afar, and I, I don't know the league as well, but but I, I think there's two teams, probably Montana State and Eastern Washington, who are, who are at the moment probably, you know, head and shoulders above the other teams, and everybody else is kind of even, you know. And uh, it seems like, you know, the, 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 home, the team at the home court – um, added an advantage, but these games are so close. I mean, I watch every game. I think we're losing on the buzzer. And I watch. You know, I think Portland State lost in the buzzer to NAU, or, or NAU lost in the buzzer. And then, like these games are so, so close. I think Danny up in Montana State had a had a nail biter at Idaho. You know, last weekend. So these these games are close, uh, which, which speaks volumes for the league and volumes for the coaching that you you have guys that can compete night in, night out, and it's not blowouts going on.
1: Well, just tell us about your team then. Uh, I mean, what have you thought of just the way that you guys have played and uh, what do you think of just sort of your standing right now, almost the midpoint of the year, and uh, got a couple of the better teams in the league in the Montana schools coming to town this weekend. So uh, but what, what do you think of just where Sac State is at right now?
2: Well, I think, you know, I think the needle's going in the right direction. You know, you try to build this thing day by day. And, uh, you know, I try to look game by game instead of, you know, looking, looking all the way to can we play in March, you know, when you take over a program as, as, as I've taken over and, uh, and and got so many new guys. Uh, my returners have not been deep in the postseason before And Zach Chappelle and Cam Wilbon. Um, and so trying to teach them a new language, which is me, which is our terminology, trying to teach them what I expect winning to be like, which is different to their previous staff. Um, it's all new, but I think... You, you see us at least competing in all the games we're in because there's a buy-in, I think, from our, from our student-athletes and from our, from our fans here, uh, which is a positive for me. You know, and I think we compete at a high level. I think we don't quit. I think we've been in some games we've been down plus 20 points and we will come back and tied the game. So from a coaching standpoint, that's what you want to see in year one. You want to see you guys fighting, and I feel like we've at least have, we've at least done that halfway through the
1: season. You mentioned Jack Zachary I thought he was so talented the last couple of years, but he's definitely taking it up a notch. And uh, so, I mean, what have you thought of just sort of his progression, and and what do you thought of his play so far this year?
2: Look, I think he's he's kind of, you know when you have a senior leader, he's a fifth year senior, um, and I'm his I'm his fourth coach as a college you know as a college athlete, so he could have easily left. The program, you know, but for him to stay uh, and be a local kid and stay and buy in and ha- and, and take on my voice um, is important, you know, because he's been he's the only one that's been to the league. I got nobody on my staff that's been in the <laughs> beach, Kai, and I, you know, so it's all new to us. But he's 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 bought in. Um, he, he's a tremendous leader for us, and he's made uh, you know made big shots for us. And and he to learn, and that's what you want uh, from, from from your senior, because then it trickles down on all your younger guys.
1: Montana coming to town on uh, Thursday, and uh, I know Coach Takir, a lot of respect for your guys' program in general, and uh, very very preparing for a, a tough game there down there in SAC, so um, what do you think of the matchup with the Grizzlies?
3: Look,
2: Trav's been a been a friend and mentor for me in the, through the profession, you know, coming up as assistants together, and then seeing his success he's had at Montana you know, over nine plus years uh, have been tremendous for him, and I got tremendous respect for him as a person and coach, so... I uh, already you know what's in store. <laughs> they're, they're tough. They defend. They can score on the interior. They um, they uh, they pose, you know, with Josh Bannon and the kid Thomas, the, the inside-out punch and their ability to shoot the ball around them. I'm still trying to find solutions to how we stop them. Um, so I'm just hopeful at home we can, we, we can score a little bit because those two guys are going to be very hard to stop along with that perimeter play.
1: Well, and that, uh, the matchup between the big guys is going to be interesting too. I mean, Bannon's such a good one, but also you mentioned Thomas and he kind of stretch the floor and your big guy, McCallum McRae, uh, has been awesome. And, and one of the leading rebounders in the league, one of the leading field goal percentage guys in the league and one of the true seven footers in the league. So what do you think of that though? Just because Thomas can draw him away from the basket a little bit. How much do you have to concentrate on that matchup? Oh, well,
2: I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it makes it tricky, you know, and that's where this league is different. Like, Callum's always been able to stay on the post and, and, and kind of own that part of, the, part of the basketball floor. And what we've found in this league is all these posts can step out and shoot the basketball, so we've, we've had to come up with some answers, sometimes on the fly. Um, but uh, I, I'm hopeful he can at least own his own on the offensive end in Callum, and uh, and hopefully we can have, a, have an answer to how we can maybe stunt or help him on the kid Thomas because he's a tremendous uh, shooter of the basketball, with great size.
1: David Patrick, Sachs Day head coach here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch up with you sometime between now and Boise, and we'll definitely see you when you're up in Montana, definitely see you down the road at the Big Sky Tournament as well. But uh, best of luck this weekend, and thanks for joining us.
2: No, for sure, man. Thanks for having me on your show and excited to be in this league.
1: Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, J&V Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, JV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, J&V also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JV, your restaurant specialist. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on thanks to JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. Visit JVRestaurant.com to see all of the awesome stuff they have there, or you can swing into one of their three great locations, Bozeman, Billings, or Great Falls. JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. Here is Jace Coburn. His Portland State squad hosts Montana State on Thursday night. Uh, his debut here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Big Sky Breakdown. We're joined now by a first-time Big Sky Breakdown guest, but a guy who we've interviewed a couple times during his time as the head coach of Portland State. It's Jace Coburn joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Coach, thanks so much for being here, man. How you doing?
4: Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate all your guys' hard work.
1: First and foremost, uh, let's just talk about uh, Portland State in general. Uh, you've been there for a couple years now uh, as, as the head coach, but been at Portland State for a while now uh, in one capacity or the other. Uh, and it, Portland State, to me, uh, such an interesting school within the Big Sky Conference. I was out there last September, and Mike Lund showed me all around the new facility. I had not seen your guys' awesome basketball arena. So just start there, I mean, there are some things about Portland State that uh, are pretty intriguing, including that awesome arena you guys have. So uh, in your mind, what are some of the advantages you have just in terms of running that program, building that program? What do you use uh, to sort of market and, and uh, so, sort of sell Portland State out in the world?
4: Yeah, I think I think there's actually a lot of things um that's great about Portland State. Um I'd say obviously you touched on it the Viking Pavilion it's one of the best um arenas in the uh, Big Sky Conference and and uh our people do a great job of taking care of it and keeping it up and, and uh so yeah, it's a it's a fun place to play, it gets really loud and and uh, I, I think our guys really enjoy the facility with our new weight room and new training room and locker room and, and the whole deal. So, um, you know, uh, that that's definitely a really good advantage for us. And then obviously being in the great city of Portland, um, you know, a lot of opportunities after um, they're done playing. Um, whether you know they move on and play professionally, but also in the business world because we 're in such a great city so um there there's a lot of lot of great things about being in portland and and uh, obviously you know we got the trailblazers right down the street, and so um you know Nike World headquarters right down the street so uh there there's a lot of advantages to being in the city of portland um that i I think our guys when they 're done playing basketball uh can really take advantage of.
1: You took over for Barrett Peary, who had a decent amount of success there uh, at Portland State. What sort of things did you try to carry over from Coach Peary's program, and what sort of things have you done yourself to sort of define it and, and make it your own?
4: Yeah, no, I, I, I learned a lot from Coach Peary, um, you know, and I, I'm forever grateful to him, um, you know, uh, for, for allowing me to be part of the staff. And then, uh, you know, when he moved on, um, you know, I I knew that one thing that, you know he did a lot of things really well but one thing that really stuck out to me was that our team's always had an identity um and i and i wholeheartedly believe that that uh your team has to have an identity and things you do really well and so um you know there's some there's some things that we carried over from when he was here um, and then, of course, you know, any head coach is gonna is gonna have their own uh, things that they believe in. So, um, try to put a little twist on on some of those things. But um, yeah, I mean, I I, I really enjoyed coaching um, for him, and and uh, yeah, still talk to him a lot now. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say one of the biggest things is is uh, you know having a team with an identity.
1: Chase Coburn joining us here. Uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. You mentioned just the the opportunities that come for the students at Portland State. I think that's a very intriguing fold uh, just for anybody that's a student-athlete there at PSU. Uh, but Portland itself, when it's at its best, I know it's been a couple of years that have been kind of hard, but I was out there last year and it looks like it's really making a comeback again, which is awesome because it's certainly one of my favorite American cities. So, how much do you use that uh, just to your advantage? And, you know, what do you think of just being in Portland because, I mean, it's such an awesome place when it's rocking?
4: Yeah, no, I mean, our city's really resilient. Um, you know I've been out here 10 years now and so in a lot of ways I feel like I'm from Portland um, so uh, I have a lot of pride uh, in the city of Portland um, there, there's a lot of fun things to do I mean you're 45 minutes away from the beach and then you're 45 minutes away from a bunch of waterfalls um, so you know it's 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 a really unique place um, you know and it's it's a lot of fun there's there's some great places to, to eat at and, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great city, and and we love it.
1: Last question on your background before you talk a little bit about your team. I know that uh, you mentioned you have some martial arts background i remember riding with you in the elevator and telling you my late father was a fourth degree black belt in taekwondo so we had a lot of martial arts type Mm -hmm. things in our family as well but there is such an applicable element of martial arts to not only sports but but life i mean it is a sport but also the mental part of it can be applicable to uh, so many different realms of of our existence so how how do you use that part uh, in coaching
4: yeah, I mean I I think a lot of it is self discipline. Um, you know, I mean in the martial arts world you you have to be very a uh, very disciplined person. Um not only when you're doing it but in your way of life. Um and then I'd say another huge thing that applies to uh basketball is 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 the spirit of it. Um, you know, I I like our guys to play with a lot of passion and a lot of spirit and obviously I have a lot of passion and a lot of spirit. I know that. So, um, you know, I, I think that those things really relate. There, there's, there's a lot of, I use, I use it quite frequently, um, you know, comparison to things in basketball and, and, uh, you know, whether it's footwork things or, or things with your hands or, or whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think our guys like to hear some of those stories sometimes or, or, uh, you know, hear me compare, uh things to, from fighting to uh to basketball so um yeah there there's a lot of translation actually There really is
1: when, when it comes to then evaluating the spirit of your team and, and the individual spirits, making those come together. I mean, this that's one of, I think, the biggest challenges in today's world of college basketball, right? Because, you know, roster continuity is, is always in flux and uh, you kind of have to take the transfers where you can get them and also recruit the high school kids when you can. So um, how do you go about sort of making that whole element mesh?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a balancing act and obviously you want more guys back than, um, than not and um but for me as a coach one one thing is is that it, it basically throughout my journey as a coach um i've always been a part of a lot of roster turnover so i feel the way that college basketball is going now it's an advantage um for for me just because you know i've been in junior college and and uh, i was an AU coach where your teams changing almost every other week and so um you know i i feel like that's one advantage i do have as a coach is that um, you know, just throughout my journey, I, I've been a part of a lot of programs that um, have had a lot of roster turnover. And so, um, you know, it might be different for other people right now, um, but uh, for me, it's just it's just business as usual. Jace Coburn here on the Big
1: Sky Breakdown, com, Portland State's second year head men's basketball coach. Uh, how would you evaluate just where you guys are at right now? I know you had a good win over a solid Idaho State team this last weekend to move you to three and four in league play. So uh, what do you think of just uh, the, the where you guys are at in the standings at this current moment?
4: Yeah, I mean, I you know, um, in, in terms of big sky play, I mean, obviously we were the only team that had to start out three on the road. Um, you know, so we knew that, you know, coming out of uh, the holiday break that, uh, we were going to have a tough go, um, you know, just with being on the road for three straight. So, um, I, you know, we haven't played many home games, uh, since, uh, I think we've only played about two home games, um, since big sky play started. So, um, you know, our, our team is really resilient and they're tough. Um, and so I really enjoyed coaching them. Um, we went through a really hard non-conference schedule, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, our guys really competed and really battled every single night. So we're excited to get some home games coming up here, um, you know, in the back half and, and, uh, give it all we got. But like I said, I, I really enjoyed coaching the team. I, I really like our guys, um, as people and being around them every day. And it's, it's a special group.
1: Well, I know last year, uh, a little bit tough start the first couple weeks of conference play, but then you guys really got cooking and had that six-game winning streak. I think you won like eight out of ten going into the tournament as well. So, is there something you can point to as to how you turned the corner last year, and is there some way to sort of replicate that same surge into the, the postseason again this year?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's there's some certain things that we've done here at Portland State where, um, for the most part since i've been here we've uh, been able to turn it on late um when we hit february um so you know there's some strategical things that um, and some coaching things that we'll do um to try and get us rolling towards the back half um you know and, and and part of that too is is that like you were saying earlier with the roster turnover a lot of times um you know early on when you got a lot of new guys uh, you can go through some growing pains, and w- which is good. I mean, it's a good, it's a good thing to, to do that. Um, and then once it starts clicking, it really starts clicking. So um, excited here for you know the, the, these two games coming up, and then obviously February and March because um, I think our best basketball is ahead of us still.
1: Montana State coming to town on Thursday, uh, the defending Big Sky Conference champions, and they're coming off a big win in Missoula over their rival on Saturday. What's the scout on the Bobcats, and what do you think of the matchup?
4: I mean, you know, they're the defending champs. You know, I mean, they 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 did last year what every other team in our league is trying to strive for. Um, you know, Coach Sprinkle is an awesome coach, does a great job, and um, we all know that uh, that he's a great coach, and um, we know he's got great players too. So, um, you know, I, Montana State's always a tough game, no matter if it's over there or at home. Um, you know, and you know the returning guys and the new guys that they have. Um are all very, very talented players. So we know we have to play really well to beat them. Um, you know, and that's the thing about this league is that, you know, right now I feel like you have to play really well against anybody, whether it's home or on the road to win. Um, I don't I don't think any team uh, can play bad or play just okay and get a win in our league right now, with um, just how everything's been going. So uh, we know we need to play really well to beat them, and they're the defending champs, and we totally respect that.
1: And i got to ask you about Cam Parker. First of all, I'll tell him hi. He's uh, joined us on this podcast and on our, and our, our uh, ESPN radio show during his uh, one season at Montana. Uh, but I know you're not looking ahead to the Grizzlies, but that's sort of an interesting fold, and uh, not just with him, but there's several guys in the league that are playing at schools that are different uh, but within the same big sky conference So they're going to have a chance to play their former school. So a uh, two-part question, what do you think of that element and, and also what sort of addition has Cam Parker been to your team? He's putting up great numbers so far.
4: Yeah, I, th- I think for him, um, you know, I, as much as this is coach talk, I think it's just another game for him. Uh, we've been through this a couple different times with guys on our team already. Um, we had a former, we had uh, Hayden Curtis who who played at Portland, and then uh, Jacob Iman who was at Seattle U for some time, and then uh, and then we had Isaiah Johnson who played against Oregon State twice, and he was at Oregon State last year. So uh, we've we've been through this in non conference already uh, four different times so um you know we should we should have been able to learn from those experiences and and uh, most importantly is we, we need to win um you know and obviously we'd love to win it um you know be, just because cam was, has been there but at the same time um you know we we need to win more so than than anything else so um you know I, it's it's for me i think for him it's just going to be another game and we we actually We had a former player before, uh, Alonzo Walker, who transferred from Idaho State to Portland State. um, I guess that was three years ago. Uh, So, you know, we've been down this road before with a conference opponent, with a transfer in conference. So um, we've been down this road before. So, But, you know, like I said, we're excited to play any game. Going back to what I said earlier, you got to play well to win, um, no matter who you're playing against. And, and Cam's been great for us. I mean, the second part of your question is that Cam's been great for us. Um, you know, his vision and his ability to pass the ball and his ability to get to the rim and score it. And, um, you know, he's also a very good shooter. So, uh, and his, his defense has been really solid this year for us. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been a great addition and, um, you know, looking forward to coaching him here down this back stretch.
1: Chase Coburn here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Last thing for you then, Coach, uh, what do you hope to see uh, out of your team this weekend uh, with the Montana schools coming to town?
4: Yeah, I mean, we want to get out there and compete um, with a lot of spirit and try and improve. I mean, we just need to focus in on every single day. Like, we got practice today, and we need to have good practice today. Practice tomorrow, we need to have good practice tomorrow. We need to just continue to take steps forward, worry about us. Um, and not necessarily who we're playing against, Um, you know, because at the end of the day, we need to be rolling in March, and that's the overall goal, and we know that. But at the same time, we take a short-term view of just getting better each and every day. So, um, yeah, we know we got big games coming up, but we also know that uh, we need to just improve and worry about
3: us too.
1: Coach, appreciate the time today, and uh, best of luck this weekend.
4: All right, thank you. We'll see you soon.
3: Member FDIC.
1: Big Sky Breakdown, MT.com. We take a break from the interviews and get into some analysis. John Velk, Velk La. He gives us his latest in his top 12 countdown of the greatest Grizz he's ever seen. Velk's been sitting courtside for more than 40 years, and uh, he's been watching Grizz hoops intently, and uh, he's got a great perspective on who are the best players he's seen. Why 12? Because there's 12 weeks of conference play. So uh, here is velk's number nine sean samuelson a broadest montana native and uh, a guy who was an awesome player for the grizz in the early 1990s here's john velk well we just had some delicious breakfast to kick off our uh, afternoon that's uh that's how they roll down here at ruby's cafe latest big sky breakdown latest installment of our top 12 countdown greatest grizz players of all time according to the one and only john velk velk law Uh, thanks for being here buddy how you doing
5: really good buddy thanks for breakfast
1: that was great. Of course. Uh, first and foremost, we got to talk about this last weekend. Uh, first of all, I thought the best part of the rivalry game on Saturday was the crowd. That was the first time we've had a real raucous, like non COVID hindered crowd in, in years, right? I mean, it was the first Saturday where it was actually a doubleheader and everybody was there. So that part was cool. Montana loses 67 64, 11 game winning streak over the Cats, and Missoula snapped. But it was a great game.
5: It was a great game. You know, it was a battle back and forth. We were down pretty bad, and then we came back and, and retook the lead. And I don't know, it's just one of those things where this year it seems like we've had four or five games that were one-possession games that if it goes the other way, all of a sudden we're ranked in the mid-majors, we're leading the big sky. Instead, it's like, no, we're the middle to the bottom. It's tragic.
1: The bad news for the Grizz is that they're 3-5 and five in league play and they've lost three conference home games. The good news for the Grizz is, is that everybody in the league has just been screwing around besides Eastern Washington and Montana State. I have no idea the difference between 3 through 10 in this league because everybody has been good sometimes and bad sometimes. It's crazy.
5: Yeah, it's, it's nuts. You know, you watch, you watch MSU rolling through things, and then they go over and get thumped by Idaho. And you're like, what? So maybe Idaho's better. And then the next week you see Idaho get thumped by somebody that seemed like a bottom dweller, and you're like, nope, Idaho wasn't good, but they were good for one game. It's kind of... It's really a goofy year.
1: I mean, totally. Idaho followed up their Montana State win with another win, and then they go lose to Northern Colorado, who had one win before that. So, I mean, it's just round and round we go. Uh, I think that's the whole point, though, is that uh, getting ready for Boise it is the key. And uh, Danny Sprinkle, what did he say? Uh, Montana State headbands basketball coach. He always tells us the countdown. It's 46 days to the championship game in Boise as of Saturday. So, I guess as we sit here and record uh, on a Tuesday, getting close to about 40 days of championship Saturday, but I guess it's a championship Wednesday now because they redid the whole tournament. That's a whole different story. Uh, You can listen to me rant about that on ESPN Radio later on today. Uh, We are into the top ten. Number nine uh, on the uh, top 12 basketball players for the Grizz that John Belk has ever seen. It's presented by Belk Law here in Missoula. Uh, Who do you got at number nine?
5: Well, we had to go all the way across the state to a tiny little town, brought us and we found Sean Samuelson.
1: We're going to have some more Montana guys on this countdown. I know we are. Uh, guys that are from Montana. That's the thing that I think is the one of the most confusing parts of the evolution of Grizz basketball to me. Forever, you can just get the guys from Montana, no matter what classification they are from. And if they were good players... In high school, they probably were going to come and be good players in college. I don't know if they're just not recruiting those guys anymore, if those guys don't exist anymore, but Samuelson was awesome in high school and then came into Montana was one of the all-time great power forwards the Grizz have ever had.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it. When the Grizz football was great, we had a bunch of local guys from small towns. Yep. But just because they're from small towns doesn't mean they can't ball. Now, we've got the Reynolds kid right now from Shelby on our roster, and the boys say he's really good, got good feet. And gonna go. It's the same thing with Samuelson. You drop down a classification, it's not even double A ball, you bring him over, and he not only competes, but he's one of our one of our best players, one of the best I've seen. He was just fundamentally sound down low, had great footwork, didn't make mistakes. Those are the kind of people you like.
1: During his high school career, uh, he still ranks 10th in Montana history in the MHSA record book with 2,146 points. That is a shit ton of points in high school. And he also had 1,374 rebounds. That's amazing uh, to think of that. He averaged 15.9 rebounds per game. His senior year of high school was the Midland Roundtable Montana-Wyoming Basketball uh, Series Player of the Year that year. And uh, a super state selection, all of it. Then he came to Montana, where he was uh, a three-year starter, finished his career with 1,293 points, 791 rebounds. Uh, I think he's one of only two guys, and we're going to get to one of the other guys soon, I'm sure. Uh, But one of only two guys that has over 1,000 points and over 700 rebounds. So, I mean, that sort of defined him, right? He wasn't just a scorer.
5: No, he's unbelievable. You think about scoring those kind of points when we don't have a shot clock in Montana. Most offenses slow down, and when you've got a big guy like that that you're up against, the other team's going to slow it down and work it around four corners all the time. And he's still like, no, nah, nope. I'm still going to average 15, 16 points a game, deal with that, and, and score 2,000. Solid.
1: Samuelson played uh, for the Grizz it, from the early to mid-90s, his senior season, that 96 year when the Grizz uh, went to the NCAA tournament. I think it was one, like second to last or third to last year under uh, Coach Blaine Taylor. What do you remember about those Grizz teams in general? I mean, those teams were fun. That's kind of when I first started following Grizz basketball when I was a kid. And uh, those teams were fun. A lot of Montana guys on those teams, too.
5: Yeah, those teams were a blast. I'll tell you what. There's something about Taylor is he brought a lot of excitement. And the gyms were full. I mean, we had fans in the stands. We ran it up and down the court. We were cranking threes when that was kind of a new concept. You know, people weren't shooting a lot of threes. We had a lot of guys, we'll get into some of them like Criswell and Gary Kane out of Butte and things like that that just would come down and fire it up. They'd come off the bench and they'd be a little microwave. They'd score nine points and sit them down. You might not see them again, but, you know, it was up and down the court. We had unbelievable winning streaks with those guys, like some of the best in in Grizz history. You know, 25, 26 games a season wins, which I'd never seen before.
1: Do you have a definitive memory of Sean Samuelson or just like a definitive memory of of the way that he played?
5: Well, you know, the thing was is he always played under control. He wasn't a crazy slasher. But then I, I played in the league out at the peak. It was Blue Mountain uh, Sports at the time, and they were training MOA refs out there. And we had a lot of really good teams out there. And I played with Sean and Chris Spoya, and Adam Busey, a star from Sentinel, and, and some other guys out there. And we would, you know, you'd, you'd basically see these Grizz players in a whole new light because— They just ran unfettered. They didn't care because they weren't going to get yanked for missing, taking a bad shot. And all of a sudden, they're comfortable. And he's just dominating, killing people up and down. And you're like, what? I always was like, how come you didn't do more of that in the game? And it's like, yeah, that's not the way big boy ball works. You know, you don't, you know, you you mess up. you, You wreck the flow. You don't run the play. You don't set the screen right. And all of a sudden, you're riding the pine and you don't get back in. So he goes, all of us are a little bit more with the bridle in your mouth than you think
1: into the top 10 here on our Top 12 Countdown. Why 12? Because there's 12 weeks uh, in the Big Sky Conference season and uh, John Velk sat courtside at Grizz Games uh, for the better part of four decades. So he's given us all of his best Grizz of all time. Uh, this is our Grizz basketball exclusive sponsorship presented by Velk Law. Tell people how they can get a hold of you if they uh, need your services.
5: Uh, same number. I've always had. Uh, 406- 543-0909. i got a website Velk Law. I put that together with uh, GoDaddy, 9.99 a year, I think it is, or something <laughs> like that, pretty high quality.
1: <laughs> it, it looks good, though. Uh, Belk Law, if you have any uh, problems, car accident, you need to help battle on in the insurance companies, give these guys a call. They can help you out. They've been doing it in Missoula better than anybody for uh, more than three decades. Thanks for being here, buddy. Can't wait for the next one. Thanks, brother. See you next week. Take a step outside of the men's league and talk some women's hoops. Portland State Went over last year. It was a crazy year, though, because of all the COVID restrictions there uh, in the City of Roses. They were not able to practice hardly at all, so they were just trying to get a young team ready to play without any ability to really tweak anything. And uh, the fact that they made it to the end of the year was just uh, an accomplishment in itself. And Chelsea Gregg, in year two, they turned the corner. I'm not ready to say that they're a true conference contender, but they're winning conference games. And uh, they sit at 4-3 and three in conference play. Uh, that's quite an improvement from a year ago. Coach Greg, some great philosophies and theories on going through hard times to lead you to good times. Here's Chelsea Gregg, Portland State women's second year head basketball coach around the big sky and women's hoops continues or maybe you're listening on the big sky breakdown podcast no matter how you're tuning in we appreciate you for being here we are joined now by portland state women's basketball coach chelsea greg and her team having a great year so far after a tough year last year so, Coach, I just want to start there. First of all, thanks so much for being here. Uh, I know that when you were when we talked in Boise uh, at the end of last year, you were so proud of your young ladies for just finishing the season. What well, was a crazy year, especially with all the logistics that went into trying to get a team ready every week, uh, being where you guys are located in Portland. Uh, but now you, you returned some great players from that squad, and now here you are, and you've won four league games. So just take us through it. I mean, how have you been able to endure this and, and now come out on the other side and uh, become a very competitive team in the Big Sky Conference?
6: yeah well thanks for having me you know i think that just speaks volumes to the commitment level and the loyalty that this team has to each other to our team um we continue to say you know it's about the process trust the process continue to get better it's not about the wins and losses although we're competitive as heck and we want to you know see that happen um we saw progress and when you look at film from the beginning of conference especially to the end You know, at our place, being routed by Weber State and Idaho State and then seeing them again at the end of the season and having, you know, opportunities to win at the end. I think that spoke volumes of the progress that we made within season. And, you know, I was with a bunch of reschedules, as we know, um, so lack of practice and being able to focus on us and really only allowing for time for, you know, getting ready for the next team. So I think that was a big thing. And in the spring, I knew we were going to be all right when, you know, we gave the girls time off, and I had players in the gym the next week. You know, I would have expected it. it would have been totally understandable if they had taken, you know, the full time off that we had given. And instead, I saw our, our core group of kids, especially our freshmen just in the gym, now sophomores, um, ready to get back to work. So I knew that, that we were going to be okay. And in terms of this year, you know, I, we're finding our footing a little bit. Um, we got to work on our consistency and rebounds, you know, been I think that we continue to work on and, and won't we'll go as far as, as we choose to rebound. But I really like our efforts uh, and our energy and and where we're headed right now.
1: I've asked coaches from both the men's and women's league from around the big sky the same question, but in terms of, of you and Portland State women's basketball, What goes into just your strategy for building the roster and also retaining a roster? Because you guys did bring back uh, some good players, especially Esmeralda Morales, who's one of the the better young players in the league. Uh, What's sort of the the keys in the strategy at Portland State, especially given uh, just how prevalent transferring is and, and everything in this day in college basketball?
6: You know, I hope that it's the relationship. You know, we pour a lot into the recruiting process. Not to say that we're not going to have you know players leave in the future or whatever that looks like. But I think the reality is, is we really try to give them a great student athlete experience that they're they're uh, people first and not just basketball players. And so beyond the wins and losses, beyond the basketball piece of it, we want to make sure that they know that they're cared for here at Portland State. And so I hope that the the care that they see and the intensity and and the way that we're building culture here um, really shines through. Um, they know they're taken care of, and, and then we're going to be competitive. It's not just, you know, rainbows and butterflies here, but we want to be competitive. But I think it comes down to relationships, and that's a big um, piece of what we do here.
1: Around the big sky in women's hoops, Chelsea Gregg, the head coach of the Portland State women, joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Obviously, uh, an 0-20 record in, in conference play, tough to go through and uh, probably a, a lot of, of uh, soul-searching during that time. But for the gals mm-hmm. that were there then and continue to be there now, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts about sports, right, is, is enduring adversity and sometimes going through the hardest times is actually what produces the greatest moments and the greatest triumphs. So do you think that there's a at least a, a, an element there of uh, making you tougher and making you better?
6: absolutely i I think there's a gift in the struggle, and you don't want want to feel that and acknowledge it necessarily when you're going through it um, and it continues to be hard, but I think that we don't learn how to finish these games this year, and we don't have a passion about getting better if we don't experience last year and so Although we would have loved to to have a different outcome last year um, and be a little bit more competitive, I think the reality is we've found out a lot about who we are and we were able to build up that grit, that resiliency muscle that we talk about at the four hours of our program, and one of them is resiliency. And um, again, you know, nobody wants to go through an 0 and 20 in conference season, but I think the reality is that the things we learned in that we're able to apply this year and continue to motivate us um, towards getting better.
1: Well, when it comes to uh, just getting better, what have you liked about your team's play so far, but also uh, what sort of things do you want to see worked on here uh, with another conference weekend coming
3: up?
6: I think defensively, we've done a really nice job. Uh, We're top of the league, you know, average in steals. We're near 10 a game, and so I think we do a nice job there with our defense. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more efficiency offensively. I think that with the way we run things, it's kind of equal opportunity. We're not running, you know, sets for just one person. We get 20, 25 attempts a game. There's opportunities for our bigs to go to work, for our guards to eat, Um, and so, but we have to be able to, to, we share the basketball, but knowing time and circumstance, sense of urgency a little bit. Um, and so I think right now we're relying on our defense to win games and that's great. But at some point you got to start clicking and offensively have some output too. So, um, I think that starts with our rebounding. We come back to it. If we take care of the basketball, we value the basketball, we uh, do the things we can control. Then I, I like our chances.
1: Chelsea Greg, Berlin State Women's Head Basketball Coach, here uh, on Nuanas now, around the big sky in women's hoops. Last thing for you, Coach, you got the Montana schools coming to town. Montana State playing as good as anybody in the league. So, to start there, uh, what do you think of the uh, the matchup with the Bobcats on Thursday night?
6: Yeah, Coach Benford, always got them going. Uh, super deep team, experienced uh, basketball program, just compete at a high level. Um, A bunch of offensive threats that we're going to have to be aware of. uh, But I think really just hard nose, crash the boards, um, and again, the depth. You take one person away, somebody else can step up. And so collectively, it's going to be a team effort for us to keep them off their boards um, and hopefully push pace a little bit.
1: Chelsea Gregg, Portland State women's basketball. Her team, four and three in Big Sky Conference play with Montana State and Montana coming to town. Coach, thanks for taking a couple minutes for us and best of luck with the rest of the year. We'll catch up with you down the road and see you in Boise, but best of luck this weekend.
6: All right, I appreciate it. Thanks so much.
3: There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC.
1: Big for breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. The next three interviews uh, appeared on Nuanas Now, my daily radio show. Uh, which you can find every weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. live on 102.9 FM ESPN Radio in Western Montana or statewide on SWX Montana Television, or you can always stream it on the ESPN MT app. We also have a stream, just an audio stream on 1029ESPN.com, and then you can also find it on the Nuanez Now podcast. So please, if you're a podcast listener, which you're listening to this, so of course you are, Go uh, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, get the Nuanas Now podcast in your life as well. These next three interviews all appeared on Nuanas Now. We'll get to started off with Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach. His team at Portland State Thursday, at Sac State Saturday. The Time now for our Montana State Minute. Danny Sprinkle joins us like he will once a week. From now until Boise and Coach It's Crazy, Uh, the tournament is actually faster approaching than I think most people realize. But first, got to talk about your big win in Missoula last weekend. I know we talked to you after the game, but now that you've had uh, a couple days for it to sink in, what are your thoughts, what are your feelings? Montana State comes into Missoula, 67-64 victory, their first over the Grizz in the Garden City since 2010. So uh, how are you feeling after the rivalry game win?
7: Yeah, it was great. You know, it, it was a great win. It was a uh, you know a tremendous crowd. You know, I mean, it got that place got rocking when Deshaun Thomas hit that three with you know whatever it was a minute left, and and you know proud of the way our guys responded. We knew they were going to make a run. Um, you know, especially playing in Dahlberg, you knew that you knew it was coming, and uh, for our guys to respond and and to make the plays when they had to make them, and to get the critical stop when we had to get a stop, you know, showed a lot of a lot of character and, and a lot of a lot of mental toughness.
1: Yeah, we talked about that exact element, right? Just the, the the toughness it takes to win in Missoula, not only from a physical perspective, but also a mental perspective. And I, I wrote that in our game stories, just how I thought both the Montana State women and the Montana State men both showed great mental resolve. So I know that's stuff you guys worked about, uh, work on uh, often, and, and Darius Brown talked about it, you know, how you guys go through a lot of the mental stuff, the free throws and everything in between. Uh, so what do you think of your guys' ability to sort of handle that, embrace that, and then uh, project that onto the court?
7: Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's um, every, every you know, Division one, you know, like everybody kind of works on it, but it's something when you're in that moment to be able to execute and to be able to to have the discipline to do what you're supposed to do in that moment, that's completely different than practice. Yeah, we practice it and we talk about it a lot, but it's a whole other thing when there's 6,500 fans screaming and the place is rocking and you can't even hear yourself think. And then to be able to execute and have the discipline, you know, that's that's what I was most proud of.
1: Dave Brickle, Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supplies, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. He'll join us weekly here on Nuanas Now. Now you gotta turn the page and it's so interesting just sort of the dichotomies and the rivalries, right? Like because in, in there's a you know, Montana, Montana State play in all sorts of different sports. Sometimes it's the last yeah. game of the regular season like it is in football. Sometimes it's the last meet before the big sky conference championships like it is in indoor track. But for you guys, you still have the second half of the conference season remaining. So how do you sort of go about turning the page and, and getting ready for this upcoming road trip?
7: Yeah, you know, you you have to, you know, and I, I'm proud of our guys, you know, we've had a couple of good practices, especially, you know, kind of mentally yesterday, we didn't do much contact, you know, today we got after it a little bit this morning, uh, because we know it's coming, you know, we got two physical teams of Portland State and Sacramento State this weekend, you know, you have to be disciplined and, and mentally tough enough again, to and I guess maturity is probably the best word to, okay. Yeah, we did what we were supposed to do in Missoula, played well, got the win. Okay, now, next game mentality. You know, that mindset of improvement. Like, there was a ton of stuff that we did that was not good at Montana also. You know, there's a lot of things that we need to correct uh, if we want to have success against Portland State on Thursday. And so, our guys have been mindful of that. And, uh, you know, even our our film session yesterday morning, Everybody probably would think it would be a great thing. Oh, you know, you beat the Grizz, da-da-da. Well, no, like there was a lot of things that, you know, that I didn't think we did well enough and I wasn't happy with. And, and I made sure that the team knew that. And that's stuff that we need to improve if, uh, if they want to make another run at the championship.
1: When it comes to uh, making another run at the championship, sometimes, at least in my estimation, uh, you have to sort of become your own team. You sort of have to put the the championship team from last year behind you. I know a lot of those guys have that championship experience, but certainly in certain ways uh, caters towards making another run. But um, what do you think of just this team and the way it's evolved? I mean, how is it different than last year's squad?
7: Yeah, you know, I I told them even whatever last Friday, like, there's a lot of things that this group does that's that we do better than last year's group did. You know, and then there's a lot of things that last year's group did better, but that's why it's two completely different teams. And you know, this, this group is continuing, you know, we've continued to get a little bit better, a little bit better. The chemistry's gotten better, you know, knowing knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses has gotten better. I think, you know, the the ceiling is still really high for this team. You know, I I don't think we're I don't think we're even close to becoming the team that we could be, you know, it's going to be harder because the, you know, the last 10 games of this conference are going to be brutal and there's going to be a lot of adversity that we're going to have to hit and see how we respond to it. You know, and I thought that's where last year's team, you know, we won a lot of close games last year and uh, you know, it came down to the last minute and a half and we're going to have to continue to do that. And to kind of have that mindset, you know, that no matter what happens, you know, when we we get to that last minute and a half a game, you know, we're going to win it no matter whatever we have to do, get a stop, hit a three, last-second shot, whatever it is, we've got to have the confidence to do that.
1: Dave Springle, Montana State men's basketball coach, joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's our Montana State Minute presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. And coach, now you take the show on the road to Portland State. And Portland State, uh, fascinating here uh, in their second season under Jace Coburn. He himself, an incredibly intense guy and a guy I love listening to talk because he's, he's sort of an outside-the-box thinker. But when you look at their schedule from a year ago, I think they started like 1-5 or 1-6, but right around this exact time, they turned the corner and then all of a sudden they won 8 out of 10 down the stretch and went into the Big Sky Tournament tournament as uh, one of the uh, hottest teams in the league. Now they're sitting here at 3 and 4 but they're coming off of a big win over a pretty solid Idaho State team. So uh, when you look at Portland State, what do you think of the Vikings and uh, why do you think it is that maybe this time of year they start to get better uh, under the second year head coach?
7: Yeah, I mean they're they're very good. They're super talented. Every year, you know, if you win 1 through 13, they may have the most talent in the league, you know, every year. Like they 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 got transfers upon transfers and and you know, their style of play is it's hard to play against. They're playing off 13, 14 guys, and and they're physical, they're tough, they fly around, they make the game chaotic, uh, which is a credit to Coach Coburn, like how hard his guys play, and they compete. And uh, you know it's it's a little different style than pretty much every other team in our league. you know I mean it's it's a scramble mentality game for 40 minutes. you know they could be up by 15. it doesn't matter like you can get right back in the game within two and a half minutes or you could be up by 15 and they can go on a 140 run. you know like it's just it's one of those games where you have to have a great next play mentality uh, because like I said there could be five six possessions in a minute.
1: Keys for Montana State uh, this weekend uh, as you take the the
7: uh, the Bobcats to the West Coast. Yeah, we got we got to rebound the ball a lot better. You know, for us to get rebounded by uh, out rebounded by 14 in Missoula, you know that's that's unacceptable for our group. You know, we have to do a much better job of kind of our urgency and focus defensively. Um, there was a lot of times where we lost. We lost track of shooters. Um, that just that can't happen, and uh, it could have cost us last Saturday. And so we have to have better awareness and better urgency defensively and rebounding the basketball. And you know, against both these teams, especially Portland State, you can't turn the basketball over. You know, against their press when they're flying around making it chaotic. You know, that's they feed off that and they get their momentum and their swagger off that. So we got to do a great job taking care of the basketball and making sure we get a shot on the rim for our offense.
1: He's Danny Sprinkl, Montana State men's basketball coach. Joins us once a week here on Nuanas Now. Coach Sprinkl, thanks so much for being here, man. Best of luck on the road trip, and we'll talk to you soon. You bet. Thanks. Go Cats. Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, JV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. But if you can't make it in, JV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JV, your restaurant specialists. Next up, an interview that we heard from earlier this week from Travis DeCure, Montana ninth-year head men's basketball coach. His team coming off their first rivalry loss to Montana State in Missoula in uh, more than uh, a decade, and uh, his team trying to bounce back from that 67-64 victory, uh, excuse me, defeat on the Montana side of things. Um, The Grizz have lost four games by a single possession, in Big Sky Conference play, and that's why they sit at three and five in league play. So that's a common theme here in this interview. Montana at Sac State Thursday, at Portland State Saturday. Here's Travis DeCure. down here Dahlberg Arena with Travis DeCure, Montana head men's basketball coach, and uh, had a couple days now to kind of go over the rivalry. So I only ask you one question about the loss of the Cats on Saturday. I mean, what'd you like that your team did, and uh, what are the things you got, you want to clean up coming out of that game?
8: Uh, I thought we did a good job executing down stretch, um, put ourselves in position to close the game. Uh, just had some, you know, some misfortune down the stretch that you really can't control. Uh, just gotta keep plugging away and, and, and tighten up as much as you can. You guys have put
1: yourselves in a position to close down the stretch. Just had a hard time actually closing.
8: So, what's the next step
1: in, in that element of the game?
8: I believe we closed. Yeah. I, I don't know that you call that foul. Um, in a game like that, a rivalry like that, you, you guy didn't get three three free throws jumping into a defender. You gotta make the shot, and uh, I'd have liked to seen the players determine the, out- the outcome of that game. But uh, Montana State did enough to-, to have the lead for the majority of the game. So. You know, they, I know they walked away feeling like they earned it and they did earn the opportunity to uh, to close themselves. It just would have been nice if the players determined the outcome. Uh, no rest for the
1: weary. Now you guys hit the road and uh, always one of the tougher road trips when you got to go on this West Coast swing to Sac State and Portland State. So uh, before we get into the actual matchups, what is the challenge of sort of putting that one in the rear view and moving on? Because you guys still have a lot of conference play left to play.
8: Yeah, it's always one game at a time anyway. So for us, Monday's always a reset. Um, tighten up some areas that that maybe uh, you could have been better with over the weekend? And then move forward uh, towards your newest opponents. So, uh, same thing this week. is just looking forward to another opportunity once again on the road. Sac State is a squad of the big sky. in my time covering the league. They always
1: had such a consistent identity because they always had the same coach. And Brian Cancel was around forever and he did such a great job. And now it's kind of been in flux because they've had multiple coaches. And now, uh, first year under David Patrick. So,
8: I mean, have you seen just the style of play that Sac State employs change? That's the one thing that is the same. Is their difference different than everyone else in the league. Yeah, right. Right. And. And, uh, their style is unique, uh, difficult to score on. you got to find ways to get high percentage shots, and they're elite at, at keeping you from doing that. So the teams that have found some things that put a lot of points on the board, and hopefully we're we'll one of them. Do you have any crossover with Coach Patrick? Do did you, did you, did you go back with him at all, or have you ever had any matchups or recruiting battles or anything like that? Not necessarily matchups or recruiting, um, but just being in the business, crossing paths, being in the Bay Area at the same time, uh, gotten to know him that way. Uh, and anytime someone's a part of success, you kind of follow their their journey, and I've done that with him. Travis Secure here on uh, Nuanas Now. Uh, just in terms of roster construction,
1: they have some guys back from last year that were good players, but also they brought in a whole bunch of sort of high-profile
8: transfers. So uh, how would you just kind of evaluate their roster? Um, guys he's familiar with, right? You're looking at four or five guys he's recruited. Um you know, and, and, and then some guys that are West Coast guys that, that come from areas that he's recruited from. So you know, I think he's familiar with the majority of the guys he brought in, which I think that's been a huge advantage because that's very difficult to do uh, with transfers in this state.
1: They have so long, for so long played such a physical style. Are you expecting something like that again, and, and
8: uh, how do you hope your team sort of rises to the occasion if so? Yeah, they're going to clog up the paint. they just they got seven-footers standing in front of the basket. Yeah. Um, not sure he will be able to get away with that with, with Deshaun Thomas in the game at the five. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what type of adjustments they make in that regard, um, and then we'll go from there. But uh, that, that's why they hold teams at such a low field goal percentage to get so many rebounds. you got seven-footers standing in front of the rim. Uh, and so if we can find some ways to move them around, and make them defend away from the basket, I think we'll be fine. A couple of teams have done that, but most haven't.
1: No, you're not looking ahead to Portland State, but Portland State's another interesting team. I mean, I was looking at their roster today. <laughs> Multiple schools for every single guy. I mean, the only guy I really recognized on the roster is Cam Parker, and that's because he played here last year, but he's on school number three as well. So um, what do you think of just that, that challenge? Also, is it, is it, just from a general perspective, is it hard to scout teams when you, you are not necessarily familiar with the players in this league?
8: No, I mean, you're still going to watch this year's game. Sure. You know, the only thing you really get from last year, previous years, is just maybe style of play from a coach. Uh, and then sometimes just some familiarity with guys. But for us, it's, you know, I watch four or five games of every opponent before we play them anyway. So we'll, 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 we'll lock in on that on Friday and try to be as, as prepared as we can be on one-day turnaround. But the biggest thing with them is take care of the ball and and handle the pace.
1: How th- have you thought you guys have dealt with just the, the one-day turnaround in the times that you've had them when you just have the one day on Friday to prepare for Saturday?
8: Uh, we've done a good job. You know, I I, I think, you know, we, we've had some games we didn't show up for. Um you know, where they've, they've had some teams that were really good on the offensive class. That's been a problem for us in the past. And then turnovers have caught up with us from time to time. But uh, I, I think we've gone in prepared. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a tough place to play. And you just got to be ready for the environment. Last one for you then, uh, Sac State on Thursday. So what are the keys against Sac State? How do you hope your team
1: embraces that environment? Because it is sort of a, a unique one, right? I mean, small gym, but sometimes it can't get loud. It's hot, all that sort of stuff. So uh, what do you think of just the challenge Thursday?
8: Typically, we've, we've had good crowds there, hopefully. We still will. Um, The pace is going to be important to us offensively. We want to have as much time on the clock to get the shots we want to get. Uh, And then we got to minimize their paint baskets, whether it's post-ups or or cuts or penetration. If we can keep them out of paint, I think we'll we'll do a good job defensively and then we'll just out-rebound them, push the ball, and do it over again. Travis DeGuerre, University of Montana head men's
3: basketball coach. Thanks, Travis. Thank you. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC.
1: We'll get things wrapped up here today on the Big Sky Breakdown with Josh Vasquez. He's had an interesting career path at Montana. He came in uh, as a freshman who got a lot of playing time, and then as a sophomore he didn't get a lot of playing time. The other two primary members of his recruiting class, Derek Carter Hollinger and Kyle Owens, both transferred. But Vasquez stuck around, and now he's sort of reemerged. He's like the sixth man. He's kind of like the sixth, seventh man for Montana, just depending on if they go with... Mac Anderson, the big guy off the bench first, or Josh Vasquez, the, the shooting guard off the bench first. But either way, he's a key reserve. He's in the rotation for the Grizz. I uh, shot the ball well this year, especially in conference play. And uh, he's also a California guy. So uh, this is our Grizz Star of the Week from Nuwana's Now from earlier this week. Josh Vasquez going back to the Golden State. Uh, he'll have some family in town uh, tonight against Sacramento State. Here's Josh Vasquez on the base guy Breakdown. Check, check, check. I'm coming to you from Dahlberg Arena. It's time for our Grizz Star of the Week. We got some Grizz Hoopers practicing in the background I'm recording this here on a Tuesday afternoon cuz these guys have a road trip coming up. We're joined now by Josh Vasquez. He's a senior He's a junior guard for the University of Montana. We were just talking about him graduating so that I said he's a senior, but he's actually only a junior here uh, at Montana eligibility-wise here in hoops. Thanks for being here, man. How you doing?
9: Man, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh,
1: first and foremost, just tell us about you, just the, the way that your role has evolved here at Montana. You came here, broke in as a freshman, got a lot of playing time, and you've seen a whole bunch of different roles, but now it seems like you're kind of the, the spark off the bench, the, the go-to scorer off the bench. So uh, just take us through. I mean, what's it been like watching your r- role evolve here at Montana?
9: Um, well, coming in as a freshman, I had a lot of responsibility, I think. Um, like with any basketball career, it's up and downs. It's like a roller coaster. Um, it's no secret that last year I wasn't – too much of a, I don't want to say help, but my minutes were cut a little bit short. And then coming off this year, um, I kind of like designated a better role coming off the bench. And um, I feel and I'm in a good spot right now. I, I'm getting a good amount of time, and I feel like I'm helping my team out the best I can right now.
1: Shots looking good, and you're shooting it pretty well right now in conference play. I mean, was that a priority in the offseason to work on? I know you've always been a shooter, but I mean, is there anything particularly added?
9: Um, just a lot of reps Um, the coach has been a a very good help like you see before this I was working out getting shots up Um, it's just a lot of repetition and um, I honestly feel like I was in a little bit of of a slump in the beginning like Mm non-conference but it kind of picked up during conference play and I'm grateful for that so you know just trying to keep the run going does it
1: just take watching the ball go through the basket? Because I mean, you're right. I think I don't think you were shooting it very well in non-conference, but then you hit those two against Eastern, and you've been shooting the ball well since then. So, I mean, is it just a matter of seeing it go through?
9: Uh, I don't know if it's, like, superstition or nothing, but, like, being a shooter, like, just hearing the ball go through the rim, like, hearing the net sound, it just, I don't know if it's, like, a trigger or something, but it does give you that good feeling and that confidence that you need, especially when you're a shooting guard
1: your class that came in here interesting because most of those guys are gone now so i mean do you take some pride in being uh, sort of the last guy standing from that class
9: uh yeah those are my guys but you know everybody has like different trips down the road um i'm just grateful that i still have the opportunity to play here because it's a great environment i love the team i love the guys and all that and just yeah grateful for for still being here
1: Josh Vasquez here on Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Uh, do you keep up with those guys at all? Kyle Owens or, or Derek Carter Holland or
9: any of those guys? Oh, I actually do. I, I keep in contact a little bit. Um They're I think they're both doing pretty well right now. Um like coming in, like all three of us as a freshman here in Montana, I like we built relationship where no matter where they're at, like we're always gonna have that relationship, be able to talk to each other, so it's just that bond that we built.
1: Montana coming off a 67-64 loss to Montana State here in Missoula on Saturday. Really good game, though, really highly competitive, and what a great crowd. And it's been a minute since we had a great crowd like that for uh, for a rivalry game doubleheader like we had with the ladies and the men on Saturday. So, I mean, just take us through it. I know it's uh, tough to, to lose to the rival, but uh, pretty fun Saturday. I mean, that's why you come to Montana to play.
9: Yeah, of course. The environment was crazy. It's just like when I came in as a freshman, it was – probably one of the biggest crowds I've ever been a part of. And then, of course, it slowed down with the pandemic and all that. But, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job as a team of bringing, like, the crowd back into it. As you can see, like, this past Saturday, the environment was crazy. Um, You could definitely feel it, like, while you're on the court, while you're on the bench. It's just the energy that they bring is just ridiculous.
1: You guys have been right there down to the final uh, after the last media timeout. And even in the last minute or 90 seconds, I mean, I think you have four losses in conference play by a single possession. So, I mean, how close are you guys? But also, I mean, it's got to be frustrating to be so close and not be able to close it out. What's the the final component here to kind of turn the corner and, and win some of these close ones?
9: Um, you know what? We're figuring that out right now. Um, we're kind of understanding and we know that we're a really good basketball team. And these close losses are just a little couple tweaks here and there that we need to improve on our finishing and I believe like once we get that down it's gonna completely turn around and we're gonna be a great team.
1: Basketball too, I mean so much of it comes down to continuity, chemistry. This group seems like you guys get along quite well, but you guys got a lot of new guys on the team. So I mean how much of it is just being patient and kinda just learning how to play with each other?
9: Um a lot of it comes during the off season. Um, we have workouts, a lot of open gyms and stuff like that, so, you know, we get to know each other and not being in season we don't have like these practices so we always like meet up with each other just hanging out get to know each other and that builds a chemistry so when season does roll around um you kind of know how to work with each other and how each other like respond to certain like communications and stuff like that so the um, i would say like the off season plays like a big role in us in our chemistry
1: Josh Vasquez, Grizz Star of the Week here on New Orleans Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz going on the road. They're at Sac State and at Portland State this weekend. You're a California guy. That's one of the reasons I picked you this week. So what's it like going back to your homestead? I know you're a SoCal guy and you guys are playing in Sacramento, which is more like Northern California, but still probably cool for you to be kind of close to home.
9: Yeah, it's cool. Uh, my parents are going to actually come up. Nice. Um, it's not too far of a drive. I mean, a little bit far from me because, sure. yeah. but uh, I'm excited to feel the weather, a little bit of warmness. It's been pretty cold, and being from, like, SoCal, I do like the sunshine and, and the warmness that I feel in my body. But, uh, yeah, it's excited to go back to California.
1: You got a little brother that's hooping right now too, right? I saw you, you put something on Twitter the other day. Uh, is he a senior? Is that right?
9: Uh, yeah, he is, he's in prep school right now. Oh, oh cool.
1: So, uh, I mean, it seems like you're proud of him. It looks like he's putting up pretty good numbers right now in his prep school.
9: Yeah, of course. I'm proud of my little brother. Um, it's kind of weird now because I get to go back home and he's a little bit bigger than me now. <laughs> right. so, uh,
1: I know, I saw that. He's, he's, his profile says he's like 6'4". Yeah,
9: he's, he's he's bigger than me, even though I don't want to tell him that, but uh, <laughs> he's a little bit more athletic than me too, even though he doesn't really show it, but yeah, of course, I'm proud of him. It's my brother and my family and I'm always going to have his back.
1: How many siblings do you have?
9: I have one brother and one sister.
1: Cool. So, uh, is your sister, where is she at? Is she going to be able to uh, make...
9: She's just older, just yeah. you know, Regular human being, but... <laughs> Yeah, I love her, too. She's great.
1: Well, that's cool you get to go play uh, in front of your family. I know we're sitting here recording on a Tuesday, so you guys probably haven't gotten much into the scout about Sac State. But any initial thoughts on on the game uh, on Thursday?
9: Uh, Like you said, we haven't really got into it. Um, As of yesterday in our practices, we kind of just worked on ourselves, Um, you know, just working on our chemistry together uh, together and um, just trying to get that fluidity back. Um, I know coming off a loss is kind of deflating, but – just getting that confidence back knowing that we're a good team
1: it's always an interesting place to play too right because it's a small gym but sometimes they pack it i know it's hot in there and the band is loud when they have the band and stuff so what do you think of the atmosphere you guys are preparing for
9: um even though it's a smaller gym and doesn't feel too many people with how i want to say like crowded it is in there it does feel pretty loud you do feel like the environment the the crowd is right there on the court next to you like you could Look to the right, look to, to the left, and you could like make eye contact with the people sitting right there. So um, it's a different feel, especially than being in this arena for how big it is. But uh, it's it's fun.
1: Josh Vasquez here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for being here, man. Yep, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, Coulter Nuanas. We will be back at it uh, probably a couple more times throughout this weekend, and then we'll have another of these around the Big Sky interview-based podcasts next week as well. So stay tuned for that. Thanks to all of our great sponsors, John Velk and Velk Law, J&V Restaurant Supply, Blackfoot Communications, and, of course, Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, we'll be back at it next week. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season.
3: Hi, I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, a seasoned litigator with over a decade of experience in Montana. Have you been injured in a car accident? If so, remember insurance companies want to give you as little money as possible. There's a reason why they have the biggest buildings in the largest cities. Don't let big insurance bully you. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today to see how I can help you get fair compensation for your injuries. The consultation's free and the fight's real.